the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for uh, tuning in on the unofficial national holiday here in the country. Okay, so apparently something mm-hmm. like 13 million people have called off today. 13 mil? I mean, that was the estimate before it came to pass. Well, we're all stalwarts here. Everybody showed up today. Totally showed up. Right? I was up early this morning. I felt good about things. You know why? Why? It was a terrific game. Oh, it was a very, very good game. I wasn't loved it? it. I loved it. It was. Re- I was in it from the very beginning to the yeah. very end. I loved it. How much of the pre-show did you watch? Nothing. Nothing at all. Zero. Yeah. I was watching the uh, Pens play the Capitals and win. Mm-hmm. I had that on recording, so mm-hmm. I was watching I that. Yeah, I just turned it on just as the game Boom. started. Very nice. You know what I uh, saw though, right before. The kickoff. Hmm. And we're going to talk about the best and worst Super Bowl ads coming up in our 5 o'clock hour at around 525. But that hundred, the next hundred years, that NFL bit that they did was absolutely stellar. Yep. It was, it brought, it gave me chills. It was beautiful. Where was Terry Bradshaw on that? Yeah, I don't know. There were some notable There were, but Joe Green was there at the end. He was. Joe Green was there at the end. Just that kid... That kid had such a, has such a beautiful face, such a beautiful mm-hmm. presence, and the fact that you finish watching the ad and he runs into the stadium, was it cool. was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. I just loved it. As yeah. soon as it happened, I went back and rewound it and watched it again. And boom, the game was ready to start. It was, it was just awesome. Yeah. And the idea that like we're saluting the next hundred years was just mm-hmm. fabulous. Yeah. But you were talking about the thing before where, where they showed the last hundred years. Oh, yeah. Which I was completely geeked out about. Yeah, you get to Seeing see all those faces was fabulous. On the field. It was seeing all of those quarterbacks mm-hmm. in one place. <sighs> seeing Joe Montana and Tom Brady and oh, Peyton Manning and Brett Favre. Yeah. And who else was there? I don't know. I but, don't know. But there were, uh, it was, was Steve Young studded. down there? I think he was. Now that you bring that name up, I believe he was. I don't think he was. Really? I don't think Steve Young oh, was down was. there. I mean, it was, it was a John galaxy. John Elway event. was on the far right. Uh huh. Okay. But there was no Bradshaw down there, and there, but, but but they're both they're both doing in the booth. Yeah, they're I think both been asked. a bajillion dollars Please. in the booth. I'm not trying to stand up for Terry Bradshaw, but if he'd have been asked, I bet he'd have been there. Well, you know what I thought? Hmm. I thought people talk about great people who are in, in entertainment. When I look at those guys they showed over the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. Those are my heroes. Oh, yeah. Those are the people that mattered to yeah. me when I was growing up. And the cool thing about it is, you know, they've disappeared from the public, mm-hmm. you know, 95% of those guys. And then you see them and you're like, oh. oh my gosh. It you was know. so good to see Joe Montana. It's a couple decades on him. I loved, but still, I loved he looked it. Great. He looked great. Mm-hmm. They all looked great. It, like seeing Jim Brown. Oh, my gosh. What? Like, it, anyway. Yeah. I loved it. Okay. So last night, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I thought it was a terrific game. Um Let's talk about Super Bowl snack review. Yeah, okay. Um, we were pretty basic. Uh, it was just just my son and I. 
My wife's wow. out of town. She's okay. traveling. So we just did a... Okay, so it was know, a small party. We did a guy thing. We just, uh, we made wings. Okay. We had uh, two different kinds of wings. Now, did you fry them yourself? No, no, like, we baked you, them. Okay. We baked them. All right, so they were like a pre-prepared thing and you baked them. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. You know, I had to, yeah, I had two different, I had a rub and then I had a, like a hot wing with, okay. you know, sauce on it. Okay. Very, very nice. Uh, we had a little uh, vegetable medley of broccoli cauliflower because <laughs> we wanted to make sure we were kind of like, you know. What? You had the medley. Mm-hmm. Vegetable was, medley. Was, Mike, did you have a vegetable medley? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We had a medley. Okay. Bro- I mean, you were making fun of my nutritious approach and no, you're no, no. talking vegetable medley. Because the rest of the time I ate chips, mm-hmm. right? I ate, I just ate a bunch of junk, which I was fine with. Yeah. Okay. Now, you know, my advice to you before when we were talking on Friday. I didn't take it. I, because I said, if you get to 11 o'clock and you feel sick, I did. you've done it wrong. I did. Sorry. I expected it, and I anticipated All right. it, and I enjoyed it. Okay. Just that's, that's great. A lot of New Year's resolutions broke that day. Right. What do you mean New Year's mm-hmm. resolutions? You no, know, trying to stay fit, not eating junk food. It's the Super Bowl. I mean, if you're not going to... You get a free pass. Like all of a sudden, that's a dispensation. Of course it is. I don't think it is. People woke up this morning and were like, oh. And then someone said, it's the Super Bowl, which everybody nodded their head in agreement, knowing know. that you know what I said was true. I don't know. What'd you have? Well, I, I, so I did uh, veggie chili, okay. vegetarian chili with a, with a, a butternut squash, which was delicious. I did, I did cornbread to go with that. <clears throat> I, had a tossed, I had a tossed salad. Oh, see, now that. It was good. I mean. Um, but ahead of time, I tried out the recipe that I uh, hinted at on Friday. Hinted. I did the buffalo cauliflower bites. Mm, how were they? They were delicious. Yeah, okay. I said to my husband, it's you cauliflower. Know, listen, there is a chance these could be terrible. Uh-huh. But they were awesome. Okay. I mean, Sounds let's be gross. honest. If you're tasting a wing yeah. and then you're tasting the cauliflower, the cauliflower is not going to taste very good. No, no. I can attest I did the same thing pretty much. I had cauliflower, cauliflower and wings. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. I just combined them. Yeah, I had a medley. I thought it was pretty good. Very nice. All right, Mike, how about you? Anything that was like off the wall fantastic? Oh, yeah. We're pretty boring here. Oh, yeah. I, I sautéed shrimp in butter nice. and Old Bay seasoning. Oh, that's turned cool. out. Frozen shrimp? Frozen shrimp. Fresh shrimp. Frozen shrimp. Okay. I quick thawed them. Okay. okay. Threw some butter in the sauté pan, melted the butter. You know, easy peasy. Easy sure. peasy. Yeah. Easy peasy. It was Fabulous, mm. great, and then I had some barbecue and hot wings. Nice, um, and then of did course, you purchase? Those? Did you purchase those? Oh, I purchased those. I didn't make those. Okay. Pizza Hut. Pe- no, 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 Pizza, Pizza Hut. Hut. No. Okay. Um, and uh, for my three-year-old, I had cheesy poofs in Swedish fish out for him. That's nice. Yep. Nice. And my wife made made a massive nacho tray. Nice with bean dip, sour cream, That's delicious. Yeah, uh, hot salsa. Nice. Uh, oh, it was. That it was, sounds great. We crushed it. Yeah. Salt and vinegar chips, of course, with heck of a good dip. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, who doesn't like heck of a good dip? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it makes me feel righteous just talking about it. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going to change your But yeah, I obviously made it into work today. I had to take like four times in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. I had, had a massive of, heartburn. I had a couple of times myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wake up a little raw there. Okay. But not hungover or anything like that. No. I hate, I don't, I don't mean to brag. You no know, tums. I didn't have to take any Tums. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. <laughs> Who gives a care? I mean, really. Yeah. Okay. But it was what? It was a good game. It was a terrific game. game. I loved it. the halftime? Yeah, we're going to talk about the halftime show coming mm-hmm. up at 5.05. That was something. Great. There was I, a halftime show? Yeah, oh, yeah. there was. I there had was TV trouble. There. Did you? I, well, congratulations. I, Hopefully it went out during the halftime show, and that just gives you a little window into what I thought of it. Anyway, coming up next, it's our time with Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Closing arguments ended today mm-hmm. in the Senate impeachment trial. We'll find out about the final vote Wednesday and the State of the Union's coming up tomorrow.
What a week. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Do you see prayer as your direct connection with God? Prayer is not some exercise where you talk God into doing what He doesn't want to do. You never do that. Prayer is not your bending God's will to fit your will. Prayer is finding the will of God and getting in on it. Discover how to have a victorious prayer life. Hear Adrian Rogers' A Guide to Practical Christian Living this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. I love you, a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. Hi there, it's me, Marsha, at the Spring House. Don't you just love an old-fashioned love song like that? We sure do love old-fashioned at the Spring House, too. Old-fashioned values, well-loved antiques, and old-time family recipes. So that's exactly what we'll be cooking for you and your sweetheart on the upcoming Valentine's Day Sweetheart Dinner. Grilled marinated flank steak, celebration chicken Romano, Pearl's cheesy potatoes, buttered steamed green beans, reunion salad, your choice of a from scratch dessert, Bev's brown rolls, and pink lemonade. How's that sound for old-fashioned goodness? We'll light the candles and serve you on china as you enjoy live music by beloved local musician Bob Podish. Call 724-228-3339 to reserve your seat or go to springhousemarket.com for details. Ready for a bus ride from hell to heaven? Then don't miss the theatrical event of the season, C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce. Audiences call it breathtaking, absolutely mesmerizing. From the producers of the nationwide hit The Screwtape Letters, The Great Divorce brings the beloved author of Narnia to the stage in one of his most entertaining tales ever. Climb on board for a day trip to paradise. Critics call The Great Divorce world-class theater. Brilliant. Magical, a joy to watch. Lewis's lively wit shines through. Don't miss The Great Divorce. Visit cslewisonstage.com. That's cslewisonstage.com. The bus is leaving. Climb on board. Coming to the Bayam Theater in Pittsburgh, Saturday, February 15th. Get your tickets today with great deals for groups at thegreatdivorceonstage.com. That's thegreatdivorceonstage.com. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. (sighs) Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I don't know what you say about this past week in Washington, D.C. that hasn't already been said or expressed in some manner. It's been so passionate, at the same time so trifling. We live in a very odd time in American political history. From the White House, Greg Clarkson joins us from SRN News, where Greg chronicles the day-to-day happenings in the White House. And he's with us here today. Greg, welcome back. How are you today? Thanks, John. If all has been said, this might be a very short segment. Oh, well. Oh, boy. No, no. Listen. Add, add to the pile. <laughs> yeah, please, because we want to hear about the closing arguments. Are they still going on? No, they're officially over. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, we essentially had both sides. They had each side had up to two hours today, and each side only took an hour or, or so, give oh, or take a few yeah. minutes. Uh, I think everybody uh, realized, especially after the votes last week about not adding more witnesses or documents to the trial and having more testimony, uh, it was pretty much 
uh, you know, everybody pretty much knew how this was going to uh, play out when mm-hmm. the final vote is taken on, fr- on on Wednesday of this week. So okay. everybody packed it up a little early today. So then they packed it up early. Tomorrow, oddly, is the State of the Union address. We'll pause for that and then come back Wednesday for a final vote. Yes? Yeah, that's exactly right. And actually, in, in between all of that, and you spelled out the uh, the chronology correct there, uh, correctly, uh, what happens is the trial has formally suspended until um, John Roberts comes back to preside over uh, the, the happenings on Wednesday. But the Senate is now in its normal legislative um, posture, and you have senators making speeches of up to 10 minutes, just essentially talking about how they feel about the impeachment uh, deal and uh, essentially defending what their position is going to be yeah. and how they're going to be voting. So it's really just more of a personal and professional opportunity for all of the senators to speak out uh, between now and Wednesday's final vote. Oh, that's fascinating. So guys, are, uh, they're just blowing off steam. Essentially, and I mean, obviously, they had all of those many, many hours over the last couple of weeks of having to be in the Senate chambers without their cell phones, uh, waiting for the uh, the lunch and the dinner break so that they could go out and uh, reconnect with the world. But there were a lot of hours where they were uh, they were isolated there. I don't think too many Americans feel too terribly uh, for them because of that, but right. that's the way that's the way that's what happened, obviously. Greg, I hesitate to even ask this question, but was there anything surprising about closing arguments today? In a word, no. Okay. Uh, we heard very much what we have been hearing. You had the White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, leading the president's defense team, essentially talking about how the House impeachment process was was flawed from the beginning. And uh, he went on to say that it was a fast-track case against the president, and it was really an effort by Democrats to try and undo the 2016 election and, and perhaps even try to affect the outcome of the 2020 race. And then on the, on the House uh, manager side, you had them saying, uh, look, this is a common sense, and they were drawing on history, of, you know, quoting the founding fathers and, and going through the list. And, and, and also you had uh, Adam Schiff making a moral argument that uh, truth does not matter to Donald Trump and decency does not matter, and uh, he was making a moral case for the conviction and removal. But as we mentioned earlier, it doesn't look if, as if any minds have been changed with the closing arguments. So then Tuesday night at the State of the Union address, what is that going to be? This like? will be uh, like haiku theater, <laughs> right? I mean, this is something that'll be like crazy drama. Well, I mean. When Nancy Pelosi steps forward for her applause, what will that be like? As the president enters the room, what will that be like? Yeah, you know, a couple, three weeks ago, John, when you and I were talking about how the Senate impeachment trial schedule could play out, we talked about the possibility of the trial still being underway when the president is giving his State of the Union address. And even though the the trial will be on pause tomorrow, it's not com- it's not officially over till Wednesday. And so this is going to be looming over the uh, the presidential speech tomorrow night in the House chamber. Will the president shake the hand of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who essentially gave the green light to move forward with this impeachment oh process back in September? Wow. So there's a lot of drama. Will the president even say or make any remarks or references to the impeachment? <laughs> now, that has been a question that we have posed to various uh, administration officials here at the White House. They're very tight-lipped about it. Uh, they either, A, don't know, or B, don't want to or can't say, and they're not saying. 
And so that's, that's, that's something that we don't know, and we'll right. have to wait to see until tomorrow night. It's noteworthy that Bill Clinton, when he was being impeached, he also had to give a State of the Union during the trial. Okay. He made zero reference. He, he acted as if nothing uh, special was going really? on. Really? Yeah. Uh, even though the trial was going underway, it, it, there are a lot of people here in Washington and perhaps across the country that uh, think that it might be awfully hard for Donald Trump to when avoid. Has, yeah, when uh, has he ever there is no way. had that approach? Uh, he, I bet he will speak at this about length, for, for length about this. No, I, well. I think he will. You think? Yes. What do you think, Greg? It's hard to say. I mean, there are pluses and minuses, and in fact, some of the some of the uh, Republicans on the Hill in 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 interviews have even suggested and given advice through the interview. They don't think it's a good idea for the president to address the issue. On the other hand, he pretty much knows what the outcome is going to be uh, in a few hours on on the following day, and therefore he sees it as victory, if not vindication. It would be hard to uh, to bottle that up, perhaps. Especially for this president. I mean, he does wear his heart on his sleeve. I think he's going to speak his piece, whatever that may be. He very well could. Um, I don't know if, if if he decides to go down that path. I'm not sure he would do it at length, although you can't put anything by him because, uh, you know, his, his rallies. And, and obviously this is a much different venue different, and environment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, some of, the, some of the content is going to be the same. He's going to be talking about the economy and the strength. Uh, indicators that he often goes through those lists at the rallies. Uh, but obviously, it's a much, much different environment. Yet at the same time, he's often unpredictable at the rallies. He could be unpredictable again tomorrow night. Right. Uh, he has, though, in the past shown a propensity to give an outstanding speech written by a very talented speechwriter or a group of speechwriters. As he stays on Yeah, script. I think of him speaking in Poland a couple years ago, Saudi Arabia. I mean, he can he can certainly elicit outstanding work from speechwriters and deliver it well. I just wonder if he's going to be able to stay to script. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah, question. Looking, looking at the last couple of State of the Union addresses, he has pretty much stayed on script. Uh, and he cherishes these moments in the spotlight. I mean, he is a performer, and it, it, you know, no matter who the president is, delivering a State of the Union address is a performance. Uh, you're standing not only before a joint meeting of Congress with the House of Representatives and the, and the Senate represented there, but it's a, it's a formal address to the nation. And so it's, it's a massive audience, and it's a huge platform and spotlight. And, of course, it also, also coming uh, on, you know, at the beginning of the, of the 2020 presidential campaign with the Iowa caucuses tonight officially getting that voting underway. And so we're going to be hearing a lot of the themes in the speech be reflective of what the themes of his reelection campaign yes, are. Sir. We're talking with Greg Clugston. Greg is Salem Radio Network White House correspondent. So, Greg, then let's move to the vote. Uh, purely just going through the motions here, everybody apparently is saying this is a foregone conclusion, right? Um, how long does the machination take? Uh, and then after that's all said and done, will Congress go back in session? And will they, once again, like you talked about today, will they opine and blow off some more steam? I, I think the opining and the personal messages, I think that, uh, from what I understand, it will be essentially reserved between now and the votes on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the president facing uh, two articles of impeachment. So those articles will be uh, presented. They'll be uh, perhaps reread uh, in the Senate chamber. And then uh, you will have a vote on each of the articles of impeachment. Uh, it's, it's always possible that there could be different vote counts for different articles. 
Uh, it seems as if uh, both sides are, are lined up. Last week when we were voting on, uh, when we say we, when, when the Senate was voting on whether or not to uh, bring in additional witness uh, testimony, uh, there was, of course, the speculation as to how three or four uh, Republican senators in particular would vote, you know, Romney and Susan Collins right. and a couple of the others. And so it was a 51-49 vote. Uh, there are 53 Republicans that hold the majority in the Senate, so we'll have to see if they, they all vote along party lines. We're talking to Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Oh, so in the midst of all this, looking toward the Democratic side, we have the Iowa caucus today. Sure do. And so 7 o'clock local time in Iowa, the caucuses get, un- get underway. And as we talk about every four years, the caucuses are so different uh, from the format of the primaries for which most states operate. And, and, and the primary, primaries are essentially much like just an election day where people go and cast their votes, whereas caucuses, they, they have uh, groups and uh, small towns and big cities across Iowa all gather uh, in their communities, and they, as a community, hash out who they as a group represent will we'll vote to have them represent them. And so... Um, they have some new rules in the caucuses this year, and so what has to happen is, as each of these groups across the state of Iowa are debating and discussing uh, the, the, you know, the pros and cons of the various candidates, the candidates have to reach a 15% threshold in each group and location uh, to essentially make it to the next round. And so it's a several hours process of elimination, essentially. And so it's going to be very interesting to see because Bernie Sanders has had a lot of momentum here, according to the latest polls over the last couple of weeks. But the top four definitely are Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, and Pete Buttigieg. And we're wondering at this point, right, how much the impeachment trial has hurt active senators. Right. We wonder if Elizabeth Warren has faded from people's minds just because she hasn't been on the road. I mean, Bernie Sanders doesn't seem to be suffering that in any of the polls I've seen or Amy Klobuchar. No, they don't seem to have been affected too much of those two. And you do wonder about Elizabeth Warren. But you're right. Those senators who were required to be in Washington here for the last two weeks, the timing could not have been worse for their campaigns with having the impeachment trial happen when it did, because you're right, they were prevented from campaigning in Iowa or anywhere else for that matter. Uh, while the Senate trial was was underway, and so uh, we'll we'll just have to wait and see, and uh, you know, see if there was a you know a direct impact or effect of of the trial of the impeachment mm-hmm. uh, affecting their campaigns because they were they were hamstrung to some degree. There's no question. Greg, personally, for you, what's uh, what's this experience been like covering the uh, impeachment? Well, it's been interesting because um, I was here uh, in Washington D.C. at the White House covering the Bill Clinton impeachment trial from you know from the White House perspective as well. And I, I remember at the time there were some reporters who have since uh, retired who were here back in '99 and uh, who had been here for Nixon in the 1970s. And so they were saying, "Wow, cool. to be able to cover two impeachment trials." Uh, in a career, they, they just thought that was just, you know, incredibly unpredictable and unexpected. And uh, I'm feeling the same way, uh, having added a few years now <laughs> here in Washington. After after the Bill Clinton impeachment, I would not have
have expected to uh, to have us go through another one. Uh, and it does raise the question as to whether or not this is going to become a more mm-hmm. uh, regular part of a divided and partisan government in Congress in the United States, which um, I don't think anybody is very excited about that right. prospect. So there has been a lot of talk about that, right? So this will become a regular tool in some way. That's right. I mean, there is a concern that, that we, you know, we could be moving in that direction unless there are some real changes to, you know, the political dynamic, not only here in Washington, but across the country as well. Nice. Well, Greg, thanks an awful lot. We always appreciate uh, where you sit shotgun as you move forward with the, uh, the politics of Washington, Yeah, D.C. really, really terrific job. Always a pleasure. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Greg Cluxton, Salem Radio Network, White House correspondent. More information about Greg at wordfm.com. When I read about his widowed bride... Something touched me deep inside the day the music died. So bye bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion, like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast, with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. Christians in America who love God are under siege. Learn how to navigate the tumultuous terrain of a godless culture with a brand new book from Dr. Robert Jeffress called Courageous, 10 Strategies for Thriving in a Hostile World. It's his boldest book yet. When your faith is under attack, when you're tempted to just follow the crowd, these 10 strategies will ignite a fresh fire and bright hope for facing life with confidence. Get your copy of Courageous by Dr. Robert Jeffress wherever books or e-books are sold. At Circle K, a dollar can get you the freshest cup of coffee in the world. Every cup is ground fresh, right when you want it. So for a split second, your cup is the freshest on earth. Every cup ground fresh, starting at a dollar at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. 
Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. In our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. Discount deals just in time for birthdays, special occasions, or just because. And all from the comfort of your own computer or smartphone. Great deals and awesome savings. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. Tonight, turning cloudy and remaining mild with a shower or two late, low 50. Cloudy and mild tomorrow with a few showers, high 54. Cloudy and colder tomorrow night with a bit of rain, low 31. Wednesday, cloudy and much colder, high 36. Thursday, rain and drizzle, high 51. Friday, remaining cloudy and colder, high 34. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Did you write the book of love and do you have everybody knows that song, right? You think everybody, at yes. least in America, knows yes. that song. It's Don McLean, American Pie. What uh, is that? 1969, 69 or? So? I don't, I don't know what year the song was, but yeah. do you know the day that? So the day the music died is what we are remembering today right. because it is the anniversary. The anniversary of February third, the- uh, Buddy Holly's death, Richie Valens, and Big Bopper died Big in Bopper. a plane crash. What year was that? Fifty-seven. Nine. 59. Okay. So the day the music died. Uh, I have no connection. I mean, when I see, like when I see Buddy Holly, like I saw a thing uh, last week where they did a hologram of Buddy Holly, essentially bringing Buddy Holly back to life. First off, creepy. That's creepy. It was. Second of all, yeah, I I don't have any connection to that. What about the song? What? That song? Do you like the song? Yeah, I do like the song. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Um, um, When that song came out, I had just moved from a Catholic grade school to a public um, middle school. Mm, You were in the wild world. I was. And the choir teacher at that school let us sing that song. We must have played that song a thousand times. You mean for your concert? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that must have been something. Oh, it was a sensation is Isn't what it, it was. Isn't it horrible <laughs> when you hear choirs try to sing pop songs? It was a sensation, it's like, it's a, Kath. It's a sweet type of torture. I mean, it was as though the page had turned in American Look, I had just left the nuns. Right, and all of a sudden, this, I'm all singing, of a sudden you were singing, I'm singing like a pop top song. 40. Holy smokes. Yeah, speaking of singing, um, you ever been in a choir? I spent a lot, of, most of my life in choirs. Yeah, I, I love to sing in a choir. Oh, yeah. Isn't it a wonderful feeling? It is a wonderful feeling. Okay, so this is from today's PG. Um, look, uh, we all know this. The social fabric has torn. Um, participation in church is down. Uh, fraternal organization membership is down. Marriage rates are down. Volunteering is down. However, if you sing in a choir... You are on the upswing. Participation in singing in choirs is up. I can't believe that. 17% of Americans, that's one in six people, sing in a choir. That can't be. That's what they're saying. This is from a recent study on the Gallup poll. 
It's up in 2008, 14% of oh Americans sang in a choir. Wow. Here in 2020, 17%. That is um, the recent study by the service organization Chorus America. The study includes numerous reasons. Singing in groups, of course, has linked to better physical and mental health. Right. A sense of belonging, feeling yes. connected to others. All those things. Better social skills, increased civic engagement, right. volunteering, yes. developing leadership skills. Absolutely. Friendship. Right. All that. Travel. Because of right. the voice. Mm-hmm. We're singing in a choir. You know what choir taught well, choir taught me to do many, many things. But one of the things that is not music related it taught me to do hmm. is to be a good house guest. Because when you sing in choirs, oh. you know how e- e- different subsections of society have just things that they do. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a hockey player, you grew up doing certain things. Or if you grew up in a band, you grew up doing certain – baseball players do certain things. Right. Protocol. When, right. When you're in choirs, you often tour. And when you tour, you stay in people's homes. You mm-hmm. don't stay in hotels. You don't stay – what you stay in people's homes. So I grew up staying in people's homes. Really? And develop yeah. that skill set. You just you learn to develop a skill set. It's really very healthy. Trusting. Very it's trusting. very healthy. It's getting harder to do that now because we have to go through so many. You know, now I'm on the opposite side. I'm doing administration, right. and for I'm involved with a choir, and now there's clearances and there's this and that. Things were much simpler then. Interesting. But the girls are still learning the same skills. Yeah, of course. You're out is, there. You're 12 years old. You're staying in somebody's house, and you have to figure out how to make mm-hmm. it work. And you're learning music that. For the most part, people are not familiar with. It's complex. There's a texture to it, an emotional tone, an intellectual thing that goes along with it. Right? It's good so for healthy. Everybody. I can't believe we're talking about choir in connection with American Pie. And yeah. that the link was your ninth grade choir experience. Mr. Keener. Mr. Keener. Thank we you, Mr. salute Keener. you. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Mendelssohn Choir of Pittsburgh. There's also the Bach Choir. The uh, Camerata Renaissance City right. Choir. Camerata. The voice Which, by givers. the way, has a terrific concert coming up oh, really? this weekend with the Pittsburgh Girls Choir. The Voice Givers Choir, Greater Harmony Chorus, Bella Voce Pittsburgh Threshold Choir, Sounds of Pittsburgh Vocal Confluence, and many others. Many others. So go Let sing me- in a choir. Yeah. And don't do American Pie. No, do American no, Pie. No, do not do American Pie in a choir. You know why? Bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye, singing, this'll be the day that I die. This'll be the day that I die. 101.5 WORD. According to the Bible, a day is coming when pain and sorrow will end. No tears. We've never known such a place. No more wheelchairs. No more crutches. No more hospitals. No more funerals. None of the things that bring pain and tears. Be listening when Chuck Swindoll describes our eternal home in heaven on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. As an intentional parent, you're talking to your kid often, right? about what is good, what is true, what is right. It's always, you know, you're, you're a teacher. There are lessons before you in every facet of your life. Then when your kids reach a certain age, you talk about, at least we did in our family, about serving a higher purpose in your faith with Christ, in your community, with your friends, your family. What is your higher purpose? 
When we first went on campus at Grove City College, we saw firsthand the faculty, the staff, the students who are already there studying, that leaning forward, mm-hmm. that intentionality of a higher purpose at Grove City College. Yeah, of doing your best, Yes, right? And if you have kids who want to learn what it means to do their best and offer their best in their work, in their personal life, you need to find a school that can deliver on that, right? So when they're asking the questions, you have a school who's got the answers. And that's what I love about Grove City. They're not going to give you this pat, you know, simple Christian answer. They're going to invite you into a path of scholarship, of discipleship, of community, and it could be exactly what you're looking for and what your kids are looking for. That's the conversation in the classroom, on the campus, all around Grove City College to be in a higher purpose. Look online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. This is Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, and we want to help your house feel more like a home with some of the lowest refinancing rates ever. Rates have dropped so much that many Americans can reduce their rate. You may be able to save money on your monthly mortgage payment right now. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.23%. Call us at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rates subject to change. Pay 2% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. And NLS number 3030. My love language is sarcasm. This year, resolve to laugh a little more. Which is perfect because my wife is uh, words of effort. Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. She's like, honey, you don't even have to mean it. You just have to say it and shower me with praise. I was like, oh, what can we do that? Valentine's Day at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. This food that you cooked, did you follow the recipe or did you just... General admission, just $30 at wordfm.com slash date night. Because I'm telling you, it is fantastic. Of course, today is the Iowa caucuses, which for all intents and purposes really kicks off the presidential campaign of 2020. There's been a lot of machinations, but you could draw a line in the sand here. You sure there's been a lot of machinations? Well, you know, just a few, a <laughs> couple, maybe I mean, one. here and there. Maybe one or so. But, you know, today is the day that from this moment forward, the machinery of all the different voting is going to start to take place across the country. And we'll you know see the results of that, the culmination of that, of course, in November. So where are we? As we watch the president go through impeachment, as we hear all this back and forth, right? I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. And so, it's just so contentious. It's so poisonous. It's so difficult. It for, really is. I think for a lot of us, we try to hold it at arm's distance. And other ones of us just can't get enough. We just lap it up. Right. So what does that mean? What does it mean to be a believer in Jesus and be part of the political process in America in 2020. Tremper Longman is with us once again. He's a regular on our show. He's got a brand new book out called The Bible and the Ballot, Using Scripture in Political Discussions, here today to talk to us exactly about that. Does the Bible address contemporary political issues, and does it do so without taking sides? Tremper, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, John. Uh, hi, Kathy. Tremper, you've written about a lot of difficult issues, but really, man, I mean, you just decided to wade right into this now? <laughs> well, I have to say that uh, two years ago, one of my publishers approached me with the idea of writing the book to get it out precisely at this time to help people think biblically through some of the issues that 
face us. And uh, at first I thought, oh, I don't know. Uh, and, you know, I'm not a political scientist, even though I um, try to be a careful student of what's going on. But then again, I thought, well, I've been studying the Bible for 40 years, and what this book is about, it's about what are the principles that the Bible give us to think through issues of public policy, because it doesn't give us specific public policies, but also what are the attitudes that the Bible wants us to um, to uh, hold as we think about these principles. And then I think the Bible also addresses the type of rhetoric we should use while we're talking about uh, these issues to one another and to the broader world. Let's talk first, Tremper, about uh, the order of operations. And by that, I mean the things that should be closest to our heart. And I guess mm-hmm. I'm, give, I'm giving away what I think the answer is, by the way, I'm asking the question. But I think one of the reasons, one of the ways that we initially get into trouble is that we allow politics to become too important. Oh, my, yes. And I talk about that uh, in the book uh, when I talk about uh, the danger of politics becoming an idol and also just simply thinking that politics can solve our problems, you know, that uh, or or set the world straight. I, I Don't get me wrong. I think we ought to be involved in these kind of issues and discussions, but uh, and I, I do think we should work to make the world a, a better place uh, and to them, you know, and, and we need to express our Christian values in the public square. But if we go in thinking that uh, if we just get the right candidate in there, uh, if we just if there's somebody in there that will represent our values and everything is going to be great, uh, that's going to frustrate us because we're going to be let down horribly, mm-hmm. which is what idols tend to do, right? Right, right, right. And, and And I'm not speaking, I mean, this is true on, say, the Christian left and the Christian right um, uh, in terms of thinking that this is going to save us. Only Jesus saves us. <laughs> it's, it's not our politicians. Right. So, Tremper, I mean, obviously, you're going to spend a few hours here on the air with us, and we're going to condense all of your decades of biblical learning into a small soundbite. And, and then we're going to close with him telling us who to vote for. Right, so that right. should be easy. <laughs> but, Tremper... So you got to buy the book, John and Kathy. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Okay, good. We, yeah, we'll buy the book. We would encourage others to do the same as well. I mean, but, okay, so, I mean, can you... Do you effectively use the Bible to make political decisions? Just a a case in point, when the um, immigration debate was raging uh, not that long ago, of course, you know, everywhere you went, you know, on social media, the the narrative was, welcome the stranger, welcome the stranger, welcome the stranger. It's hard to disagree with that. It is. Yeah, yeah. But, of course, in all things, there is... There is gradation it, and nuance. Yeah, because it's not. It's also not bad to love your country and want your country to stay your right, country. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think if you read the chapter on immigration, you'll see that I think the Bible both supports the idea that nations should have uh, border security, not open borders, but on the other hand, should have an attitude of welcoming uh, people who are you know, struggling and, uh, and especially, uh, say, 
people are being persecuted abroad. Yes. Um, my, I, I think, you know, again, the Bible doesn't give us specific public policies. It doesn't say, yeah, border security. It, it does say border security is something that a nation should have, but it doesn't tell us what type of border security. I think what the Bible should call us to is um, is a, a real uh, strong urgency that our politicians don't feel because we're not making them feel it, that they ought to reform our immigration policies. Yes. But I also think that Christians, here's on the immigration issue, remember I said the Bible doesn't just give us principles, but also attitudes and rhetoric, you know, to either participate or affirm, you know, demonizing all immigrants because, uh, you know, because we have insecurities about our borders um, is, is uh, you know, it'd be hard to defend that biblically. And an attitude of we need to exclude as many people as we can, I think would probably also be a, uh, a uh, non-biblical idea. But but again, the book is much more nuanced on it. On all these topics, I look at specific passages. And also at the beginning of the book, I talk about how we need to, how we should read the Bible in order to derive these principles, because it's not as easy as saying, well, if it's that way in the Old Testament, it should be that way in the sure. in today. Sure. Uh, so I have a, a chapter at the beginning talking about issues of what I call continuity and discontinuity and how to tell when something is still, um, you know, something that's still valid for us today and isn't particularly and specifically relevant to Israel, which was God's chosen nation. The people of God were a nation state in the Old Testament time period. There's no nation state that's the people of God today. The people of God are the church drawn from many different nations. So that's going to cause a uh, some kind of discontinuity between the Old and New Testament that we have to take into account. Mm-hmm. Sure, and those are the th- those are the foundational um, things that we have to understand before we even get to the point of picking what policy is the right policy. Right. I mean, I, that's why the the yeah. task is so big, and that's why the mountain to climb is so high and intimidating because the book is a the book of the. The Bible is a wisdom book, and it's not a book yeah. of prescriptions. And yeah. so for people right. who don't often read it, they think, well, what does the Bible say? And it's it's not that easy to say, well, this is what the yeah. Bible – the Bible is not telling you do A, B, C, D all the time. It's a book about growing in wisdom and learning who God is and becoming wise and discerning yourself and repenting and changing. And all of those things go into big – decisions in life, and a lot of them have to do with the things that we're arguing about right now in America. Yes, no, that's that's true. Um, it, it, it does take wisdom for sure. I, I, I do think there are some, you know, principles there that, that we then take wisdom to apply to our situation today, um, you know, uh, but we have, to, we have to dig deeply. I mean, I think one of the... Uh, uh, one of the problems, I think, with uh, our evangelical Protestant community is that sometimes we think the Bible is really easy to understand and apply. All we have to do is read it. I think we 
only feel that way because we don't read it enough and try to right. apply it. Exactly. Uh, yep. We really <laughs> we 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 need to read it, but we also have to be thoughtful about how we apply it. Now, I knew when I got into writing this book, I feared, shall I say, that I might um, I might uh, sort of uh, just discover my own already decided political ideas in the book. Hmm. So I, I'm I'm. You know, but but I thought about the issues. I, I mean, I know the Bible well. I thought about the issues. So in a sense, uh, that wouldn't be too surprising, except I found as I dug in on on these issues that I found my, opi- my, my opinions changing. Really? And if I also would say, um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I have the final word, but I hope when people read the book, they'll find it provocative to do their own thinking yes and when they disagree with me i hope it's based on their own uh different understanding of the bible rather than their own sort of pre you know pre-understandings of what the answer should be that's good i mean i appreciate you going through this process tremper and having I, a go I at it too. because you know like like kath and i you know we talk about the about things but for us to do a, a deeper dive, to sit there and work this out in our minds, biblically, you know, along with God, and I mean, that takes time and effort and an intellectual and spiritual heft, which I believe a lot of us, most of us, cannot or will not engage in. Well, I, I think the one thing, you know, God's given the church different types of people, and those different types of people have different responsibilities of the church, and... Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm one of those people that God has given the opportunity to spend forty plus with. hours a week studying the Bible. For the- well, I appreciate that, Tremper. I mean, as opposed to just jumping on someone's Twitter thing and you know, no, and writing truth. an argument in 160 characters and walking away. <laughs> well, what I mean is, um, we all have different gifts, and I, and you all and others have gifts that I need to take advantage of, and that's. That's what I think the service of people like me are to the church, that we can encourage people to and help people by writing commentaries and, well, even translating the Bible, you know. That's another thing I've done a lot of um, over the years, being a senior translator of the New Living Translation. Well, I'll tell you, Tremper. I haven't been this excited about a book in a while. I, I just I, I like your approach um, and your humility. I, your humility, and we've enjoyed getting to know you so much. The new book is called "The Bible and the Ballot: Using Scripture in Political Decisions." The author, Tremper Longman the Third. It should be a good guide for all of us as we move forward. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You 
have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-797-5868. 800-797-5868. That's 800-797-5868. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Observing the day after the Super Bowl, yeah. which this year is National Carrot Cake Day as well. Hmm. How do you feel about a carrot cake? I like a carrot cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember when carrot cake, uh, is this the thing, like it, it was sort of like very, very popular? Well, it was invented after World War II. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty new cake if you think about it. You know why it was invented? Because there was a lack of other um, there was ingredients? A, there was a glut of canned carrots in the U.S. after the war. And so some enterprising businessman named George C. Page hired bakers to find uses for the cans of carrots to create a demand for the product because there was so much of it. No kidding. And their solution was carrot cake, which he then sold through the company Mission Pack, a large gourmet food shipping company. Interesting. So carrot cake, does it have sour cream in it? It's cream cheese in the frosting. Cream cheese, yeah. In the frosting. To me, that's what makes it. Oh, because it sort of binds yes. everything together. I love carrot cake. I love yeah. the the moistness of it. Mm-hmm. You get the raisins in there. The texture. You have the pineapple in there. Oh. There's crushed pineapple in I there. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. There's crushed pineapple in there. Well, that's a good thing. You've got the carrots. You've got the carrots basically take or leave. Pretty I mean, much. it's everything else that makes it awesome. Right. I wonder if you could make a carrot cake with all the ingredients except the carrots no, and be the, okay. Because the carrot essentially are the ties that bind. I don't know. Because we got, we got ca- 
care. We got raisins to bind. We have uh, pineapple to bind. I don't, are we of nuts? What about pecans or walnuts in there? The carrot, the stringiness are sort of like the planks, mm. the boards of the cake. I don't know. I think so. Okay. I mean, you have all the same spices. What it if you did? probably be a different color. Okay, so if it wasn't a carrot, because the, the orange is also appealing, right? The spice cake is what it would turn into. I love a spice I, cake. I like a spice cake. I like a spice cake better than a carrot How about cake. a spice cake with cream cheese frosting? That'd be nice. Wouldn't? That, no, it's not National Spice Cake Day. Do you ever make a spice cake? Never. I would like to have a spice cake. My mom right used now, to make a spice cake. I like that. I Mike, did. you like a spice cake? I love a spice cake. They mm. used to buy. They used to sell spice cake. This is dating me. At the A and P. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Mike, you loved the A and P, didn't oh, you? Oh, the A and P. No, there was that. an A and P in Swissville. I'd go in there and buy a spice cake for a dime. I thought it was like a millionaire. Yeah. When I moved to New York City, there was an A and P. I was like, I haven't seen an A and P in decades. I was like, do you have a spice cake? They looked at me like I was from, you know, Wausau. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Conservative radio talk show host Rush Limbaugh announcing he will begin receiving treatments for a diagnosis of advanced lung cancer. He expressed his appreciation to family, friends, staff, and audience and expressed his intention to continue to work as much as possible, but did acknowledge that he would be away from his weekday program as the treatments begin. House impeachment managers and the defense team have made their final arguments as President Trump's impeachment trial continues. Individual senators will now have an opportunity to speak out on the impeachment in short 10-minute speeches. A final vote still scheduled for Wednesday. On Wall Street, stocks were higher today, receiving or recovering some of their losses from earlier weeks. The Dow gained 143 points, the Nasdaq up 122, and the S&P picked up 23. This is SRN News. We have a major problem here in Pennsylvania, very much like other addictions plaguing our communities. The threat is unregulated gambling on illegal slot machines, camouflaged as skill games. They're popping up everywhere at gas pumps, pizza parlors, and your local convenience store. State police describe these places as breeding grounds for loan sharking and money laundering. If you object to your community becoming a mini Las Vegas, make your voice heard. Call 1-888-472-4418. Report those places that are enticing our kids into gambling, disguised as entertainment. It's an activity that siphons money away from the Pennsylvania Lottery, whose proceeds go to supporting seniors in our state. Please phone now. This is serious. That number again is 1-888-472-4418. Paid for by Pennsylvanians Against Illegal Gambling, Executive Board Member Peter Shelley. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. 
That's 1-800-880-7474. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do. To protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Autocorrect on my iPhone will change the word previous and precious because it's only one letter different. This Valentine's Day, Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. So on my 19th wedding anniversary, I accidentally tweeted, I've loved spending the last 19 years with my previous wife. A night to laugh as a couple. February 14th at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. General admission just $30. VIP dinner tickets also available. Hashtag sleeping on the couch. At wordfm.com slash date night. Tonight turning cloudy and remaining mild with a shower or too late, though 50. Cloudy and mild tomorrow with a few showers, high 54. Cloudy and colder tomorrow night with a bit of rain, low 31. Wednesday, cloudy and much colder, high 36. Thursday, rain and drizzle, high 51. Friday, remaining cloudy and colder, high 34. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today, the Monday edition. I know a lot of people have called in sick today because of their Super Bowl... Um, Hangover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to the show with such a thing, we welcome you. Yeah, thanks for coming along today. Did you watch the game? I thought it was... One of the most fun Super Bowls I can remember. Really? I loved it. I put it up there fun-wise with uh, the two times the Patriots lost. No kidding. Yeah, I loved it that much. I mean, it wasn't... I, I wouldn't say it was super fun. Oh, I, my gosh. How could it not be super well, fun? You no, didn't wait. know who was going to win in the last I, three minutes. When I got to halftime, I was like, uh, 10-10. It just sort of felt kind of meh to me. It was 10-10. How could it be meh? Because it, it, it was 10-10. We were kind of like, meh. I was looking for something a little bit different, but I you was, were looking for what for thirty-seven-three. I don't know, I don't know, but I was kind of like at halftime. Met now here. Let me let me say this: everything that I say and think about the Super Bowl is filtered through this. Last night, Verizon took an opportunity for me to have my crazy FiOS go up in the air, so I, my my FiOS would be like be on for six minutes and then it would turn off for six minutes. And then be on for six minutes, and then be gone for five. Well, minutes. that's a frustrating way to watch a football game. It was horrible. So then we had to, you know, grab the laptop and find a hotspot and tune in like that. So I had a really discombobulated. Super I bet Bowl. you did. I it can see why weird. you didn't appreciate the game enough. Yeah. Okay. So did you appreciate the halftime show? <laughs> was... I mean, did, did Verizon keep you? Uh... Uh, I, I saw most of the halftime show. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my cup of tea. You're not a Shakira fan. Uh, listen, I got to be honest. I wouldn't know Shakira or J Lo if I fell over them at Giant okay. Eagle. All right, I wouldn't. It's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. What I'm surprised by is that everybody, you know, just just you know, the staging, the theatricality of it all. I mean, clearly that that dancing was off the off you, the charts. You think? Oh yeah, 
I mean, this one. It was off something. They were moving, right? They were shaking it. Um, that thing, of, it's sort of like to me, like an old style variety act with a raunchy twist. Yeah. In that, you know, everybody it's was like wearing. It's like the Ziegfeld Follies X rated. There you go. Everybody's wearing the same costume, kind of like the Rockettes, yeah. but, but with a Latin booty and, and a naked little, and crotch a, vibe. And a little bit of spinal tap. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's the Super Bowl. So, of course, people are going to go, yeah, I dig it, or yeah, that was horrific. That's just part of the national conversation about Super Bowl Sunday. I didn't mind it. Not at all. You didn't mind it. No, I did I not. See, I minded it. No. This is... No. If you, you, know spe- what it, you know what it said to me? Hmm. It said to me that we just don't know what to do with women. We don't know what to I do with, with women in America right now. That we cannot come up with a cohesive thought about women. Because either women are not to be objectified... And women are, as all the commercials said throughout the whole Super Bowl, are supposed to be treated as equals. They can be right. astronauts. They can be football players. They can be NFL coaches. Those and, are the three commercials I can think of, right? Or that, they can be sex symbols. Right. Or, but here's the thing. I don't, I'm not sure they can be both. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure that women can be astronauts, can be NFL football coaches. And shake the and, booty. Wait, and be football players and not be objectified okay and taken seriously in the workplace and also objectified i don't think that you can do both things i'm not sure but i suspect that you can't and i think no, that's I, why we have a hashtag me too movement i think that you can be objectified and be a successful powerful woman no woman that you'll ever talk to can say that you can be both things Come on, because you if, don't you're, think so? if you're, if you're, if I'm objectified, J Lo and Shakira I'm, would say that. If I'm objectified, at, but here's the thing: they're celebrities. Yeah. My problem is how what they do affects the average person. So I'm just the average person who goes to work every day. If I'm objectified at work, I am not taken seriously as a candidate for astronaut. I can promise you that. I agree. I agree with that. But at the same time, you know that representation that Shakira and J-Lo did, right? That's their identity. It made them... Multi-jillionaires. Jillionaires and strong and listened to in the marketplace. Okay, so when... That's their calling card. so when men watch that, I'm not a man, but I'm looking from a distance. If If As men watch that, okay, and they think that's what women are like, when they're in their office and they are Matt Lauer... And a subordinate comes in. Yes. Then they think I'm a powerful man. She's an attractive woman. She wants the same thing I want. And what I'm saying is, they're not helping that woman in Matt Lauer's office. I agree with that. J Lo and Shakira, with how they act on stage, are not helping that woman in that office but, with Matt Lauer. But the whole Me Too thing is, or a big part of it is, hashtag Me Too is, the woman's choice. Uh, I am powerful, okay, I am sexy, I get it. and I'll take I it get if, that. if I, I, get if I that. so desire. All I'm saying is I don't know if that's a choice you can make. You can't be objectified part of the time and not objectified the other parts of the time. I get that. Okay, that's that's an excellent point. I, I don't think you can do that. But at the same time, it is, again, you know, in quote, quote air quotes here, it's showbiz. I get so, it. So we're not right. going to like, so last night's show wasn't going to be a bunch of women in business suits, you know. Uh, 
well, there prancing were, around. Well, here's. He, I mean, you, you know, they throw up. They throw up. Uh, you know, all the kids and a gospel choir to try to paint some picture there what, about like what, women. What, I don't know. But the picture know. is that as long as there's a gospel choir so and a kid we're, nearby, we're, then we're, there's solidarity and we're all good. Then women are sacred and holy. That's crazy. Well, that's the, that's the nature of that's the world crazy. we live in. Yeah. Look, look okay, at, that, and it is the nature of the world, which I'm and that takes me back to my original point. I don't think we know what to do with women. I don't think we do. I think we know what to do with women, which is continue to what we do with women and allow women to have a voice. This whole hashtag Me Too thing is, wait a second. You got to know that men are dogs, and we're going to call them dogs, and you know, speak our peace about that. And I'm going to do what I want to do, and I don't care what you, the guy, has to say about it, one way or another. Right, but the problem is when you, when someone gets in the office with Matt Lauer, that woman is subject to all the things that Matt Lauer has gotten from how women present themselves in society. Right, we are all there is an element of solidarity in women, which is that we all. I've got you. Yeah, is is that we are here? I know what you're There's a sisterhood, right. right? But what I saw last night does not help the sisterhood. I'm not saying they shouldn't be entertainers. I'm not saying there's no space for Shakira to act like she kind of plays the drums because that's what it looked like. Okay, this is not a drummer we're talking about. I, I get that there are entertainers in the world. I, but I'm just saying the extent to which they took that, the whole over – and that was so unbelievably sexualized. Of course it was. Okay, okay. Here, Unbelievably sexualized. Okay, now you and that's I been, not helping the average woman. You and I have been watching the Super Bowl together for a long time. Yeah. When our kids were little, when our and they're about the same age. Now we were watching them when our kids were ten years old, and you and, and the I, Stones were doing the Super Bowl. And you and I were on that remote with our with our other friends and their little kids. Like, don't look at that because every Super Bowl. I mean, not every Super Bowl. When the Stones are there, you two, it's a little different, right? But most of them have some kind of crazy. Of thing course that they happens. do, because that's the dead. Yeah, I know. That's the dirtiness. I know. That's what's weird about this is there seems to be this like outrageous, I'm offended more so than other years. And I think that they're all very similar. I think they are too. But at the same time. But but you can't ignore what the hashtag Me Too movement has to do with this. And that's where I think maybe there is a disconnect. That you arch an eyebrow now. Right, right. And if you are Hispanic or from some kind of Latino country, and that was inspiring to you because that's your music. You know it was for I a lot get of people. That. I, I, I get that. But you cannot tell me that that was not overtly sexual. Here, here's, what, here's what I think. That whoever the choreographer and the producer and the major talent and then the director and camera people involved in that, and again, air quotes, creative endeavor, when they said, we think it's a good idea if you would slide into the camera mm-hmm. on floor level and let your crotch slide mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the camera so we get a real tight close-up. Can we, would you dig that? And everybody nods their head and goes, that's sexy, that's risky, that's dirty, we're going for it. And everybody's complicit. Now, some people kind of go, oh, wow, that was fabulous. Other people are going, that was way over the top. We don't need to see that. Why would we invite that into our living room when we've got small kids around? That was like pornography. And I don't want to equate that with Latin culture. As a white woman, I think, like, does someone who comes from a Latin background listening to the show, would they be happy for me as a white person to associate that with Latin culture? 
No. What you just said. I don't know if they would. Maybe maybe they would. I don't know. But for me, I just feel like the people today defending it because it because they're great Latin stars. Uh, there are a ton of great Latin stars. Right. I mean, Pancho San- ta- Pancho Sanchez isn't doing this. You ever seen Tango? Of course. Look at the sexual tension right. Right. inherent look, in the beauty right. of that. Look at all look at all the classic music of Argentina, Boom. whether people are dancing or not. Right. You know, I mean that's deep just, passion. Of course. You don't go to the Super Bowl for art. You don't go no, to the Super right. Bowl right. for And there's no point. I'm not I'm not to honor women. Right. And I'm not I'm not losing sleep over my moral outrage. At the same time, I don't feel like what I saw last night was helping the average American woman. At the same time, when you see the commercials that were part of that thread, it's all the stew mm-hmm. of all who we are as Americans. Like maybe I can get a Porsche. Wouldn't that be nice? That was an awesome commercial. That sure was an awesome We're going to talk about Super Bowl commercials that we liked and ones we didn't at 525. But coming up next, talking across the political and religious gaps that separate us. Can we do that? Can we talk across those gaps? Marilyn McIntyre. WORD. Hannah Anderson is concerned that all of us live in such a fast-paced world. We don't have time to think about things that are truly good. What's goodness for your family is that you would not pack out your children's schedule so that they don't even have one day where they're resting from their labor. Growing in discernment by thinking about all that's good. Next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. This statement is not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Individual results will vary. If you tried to lose weight and failed, it wasn't your fault. According to leading medical experts, when we cut back on how much we eat, our body shifts into survival mode, reducing our metabolism and making us even hungrier. But now, a breakthrough discovery that helps you fight food cravings is available without a prescription. Riduzone uses your body's natural appetite control, a molecule called OEA, to break that cycle. Riduzone is the only product that contains OEA. I've lost 75 pounds using Riduzone. My husband has lost 50 pounds using Riduzone. Riduzone has made it so that we eat less food, and it has taken away the cravings that we used to have. Riduzone has made it so that I can lose the weight without feeling hungry. Go to Riduzone.com. Use promo code today to save up to 65% off your order. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Save up to 65% and get free shipping by using promo code today at Riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Elevate your leadership game at the L3 One Day Conference, a day to grow your leadership, your network, your future. 8 to 4, Friday, March 13th at the Marriott Pittsburgh North and Cranberry. Join L3 leadership founder Doug Smith, nationally known master communicator Jeff Henderson, and Pittsburgh business leaders Laura Ellsworth, Greg Weimer, and Bill Strickland, who will inspire and train you and your team to reach your maximum potential. The L3 One Day Conference, Friday, March 13th. Register while you can at L3OneDay.com. Founded in 1794, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus. Rooted in the Reformed tradition and in relationship with Christ followers from other traditions, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary forms and equips people for ministries familiar and yet to unfold, communities present and yet to be gathered. The seminary offers Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degrees, plus certificates. Financial assistance is available for full and half-time students who qualify. Learn more at pts.edu. 
An adjustable bed can elevate your sleep experience and make everyday activities like reading and watching TV more comfortable. But not all adjustable beds are created equal. You need one that has the right features for you, along with the power and durability to provide comfort for years to come. At the Original Mattress Factory, we recently improved the quality of our adjustable beds while making them even more affordable. And our new adjustable bases are designed to work with your existing wood, metal, or platform bed. Visit an Original Mattress Factory location to elevate your sleep experience today. Well, we've just been through a week, which is continuing. The impeachment proceedings in Washington, D.C., What's happening uh, as far as the State of the Union address? The Iowa caucus today. Iowa caucus, yeah. So, I mean, we are in full throttle. Election r- mode. Big time. This is this is what, you know, if you are one of those people, this is your Christmas day because it's the beginning of it in earnest. But if you're not a political person and you think, oh, my gosh, I, I can't, I don't want to, do I have to talk to, when I go and talk to my neighbors or my family or even worse, my friends at church about politics, I'm not quite sure I, I I have the stomach for this because it turns it can or, turn so quickly. there are a lot of people listening who can't wait because they live, eat, and breathe it, and they can't wait to talk about it more. Yeah. Marilyn McIntyre with us. Marilyn's a regular guest on our show. She's professor of medical humanities at UC Berkeley, the award-winning author of books on language and faith, including Make a List, What's in a Phrase, Pausing Where Scripture Gives You Pause, Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies. Her newest is called When Poets Pray. But today, Marilyn has consented to come and talk to us about, of all things, politics. Marilyn, welcome back. How are you? <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy to be back. Okay. When I I, would, yeah. Go ahead, go Marilyn. Ahead, no, well, I just wanted to say that this topic that you've chose, talking across the political and religious gaps that separate us, give me the impression that it is possible. It should be possible, and it really depends on a couple of things, I think. One is basic generosity. I, I think uh, many people might know about Marshall Rosenberg's book on nonviolent communication. Yes. But one of the things he suggests is that when you are listening authentically, you listen into, you try to hear what the person is saying, but you also listen for what is the need behind this? What is the desire behind what they're saying? What what does this person, is this person indicating that matters to them? And that helps you to keep it on a human to human level instead of throwing words back and forth at each other. Right. Okay, so so then, Marilyn, you know, today, if you're reading along the news, you're, you're driving and you're listening to the radio, and you hear, you know, the words Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, people will go, socialist. Or, you know, you hear the, you know, the words President Trump, you know, demagogue. You know, I mean, people, their opinions are formed and they're deep. I mean, whether you love the president or despise the president or love Bernie Sanders or, you know, that... We are so entrenched in this, I think it's hard to sort of to be gentle and empathetic to listening. That's a whole other skill set, isn't it? It is. And also, I think it's important not to confuse neutrality with being unbiased. I think it's really important that we hold whatever convictions we hold as responsibly and intelligently as we can and then hold them firmly until somebody persuades us otherwise. But I think that one of the things that helps in this situation is to talk about the words themselves. So if somebody says socialist or demagogue, to pause over that and say, well, here's my understanding of what socialist means. Mm -hmm. 
what it has meant historically because the socialism, democratic socialism as it's being defined now, isn't the same as Soviet socialism right. or communism. So let's just kind of be clear about what that word means or demagogue or whatever other names you're being called. I think it's an important time to get behind labels and talk about the labels themselves in order to disarm them mm. and say, so what are we really talking about here? Mm. Um, and I think pausing over a word also can disarm the argument between people because it's easy to weaponize words. But I think the, what we want to do is invite each other to reflect on them. So weaponizing words is the currency of social media. And I, I wish right. I could say that social media, as the, the founders intended, I don't mean the founders of the country, but the founders of social media, intended that it would be a place to expand our understanding and to expand the people we're mm-hmm. having conversations with. Instead, it's really just put a mirror up to the sin that's in all of us. And we've become, I think, considerably worse talkers um, as a result of social media. So talk about its role. How do you see it changing us? And is there a way that we can kind of take control back? Yeah, I I think that social media can be, and in some instances it is a very valuable tool. But the fact is that Facebook and Google and others incentivize arguments online because the more people stay online, the more they look at their ads and where they make money. So they have some interest in keeping us chattering back and forth at each other. And so I think it's very, it's very difficult to stay in a reflective place online, but still I think to take the step back is to raise some questions that aren't just rhetorical questions. Like what do we mean when we're talking about this? Or I wonder what he did mean. And I think sentences that start with, I wonder, or I'm curious, or could you help me understand? Uh, I think those are good ways of keeping the door open instead of, you must be kidding. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a really good point then. So then, Marilyn, as you know, um, as you hear, you know, uh, let me just say like um, someone like, like AOC, right? And you, you hear a progressive uh, democratic perspective. And, I, and I, hear take, I hear her talk and I go, Oh my goodness gracious! I, I don't understand how she could even say this or think that there is validity in those comments. That we just can't, you know, give everyone a sort of carte blanche. We're going to get rid of, um, you know, uh, tuition forgiveness. You know, um, we're going to provide free health care for everybody. Where does that come from? So then, uh, you know, in my consternation with that, then you're saying in some way. Wait a second, John. Uh, if AOC is saying we should help people with their tuition burden or we should help mm-hmm. people with their health care costs, maybe that she isn't somehow being empathetic for the harshness of those problems that are affecting millions of Americans. There has to be a right. solution to find that. Right. No, I think that if we assume that there, that most people think that they are somehow doing the right thing, I think there are people who are genuinely disingenuous and selfish, of course. But I think that we really have to be very careful, especially as people of faith, about just labeling somebody evil. They're villains. And also about rolling our eyes. I think one word to avoid is just. He's just doing this or Mm -hmm. she's just doing that. That's good. And instead, to turn the rhetorical questions into real questions, instead of saying, 
how could she possibly think that to think how could she think that huh i wonder what her reasoning is at its deepest level i wonder what makes her so committed Dr. Marilyn McIntyre is with us, professor of medical humanities at UC Berkeley, award-winning author of books on language and faith, including What's in a Phrase, Pausing Where Scripture Gives You Pause, and her latest, When Poets Pray. Now, Marilyn, I'm with you on this, um, but I think both of us, it feels like we're shouting in the wind here. (laughs) Well, I think that what most of us can do is model what we want to happen. You know, I think it was Gandhi who said, be the peace you want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this seems like a time to embody what matters to us. And I don't think that means to be neutral or bland or vanilla. Or not have any opinions. Or not have any opinions. We ought to have opinions. I don't remember who it was that said neutrality is complicity. Mm. But I believe that. And I certainly think for the Germans under Hitler, neutrality was complicity. So what am I participating in? What am I collaborating with? Where am I putting my energies and why am I doing that are questions we just have to hold on to this whole election season. Mm -hmm. And listen, really, we used to have a provost who actually changed his mind when people brought in more evidence. And I was so struck with how unusual that is. Mm -hmm. But he would often say, you know, I hadn't really thought about it that way. Let me think about it. And sometimes he'd come back with a changed mind or perspective. So I think to be good listeners is to think not just what are my talking points, but what are my listening points? What do I want to listen for here? Especially if I'm going to a gathering where I know there's going to be somebody confrontational. It's really disarming, as it is in, say, Aikido, to use the other person's energy mm-hmm. and just go with it and say, tell me more, instead of wait, saying, wait, 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 let me say what I have to say. Tell me more is an amazingly powerful thing to say to somebody you disagree with. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to say. (laughs) It is hard to say. Well, Marilyn, thanks a lot. I mean, there's a lot of wisdom in what you're saying and certainly a lot of compassion and empathy for thinking uh, other than the way we've been thinking. So certainly appreciate your time here with us. You're always a welcome guest. When Poets Pray, Marilyn McIntyre, she's a writer uh, and loves words and finds deep wisdom within the language. Marilyn McIntyre, you can easily find her online and her books as well. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease whatever the occasion, like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast. With mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just ten ninety five a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Bailey Greer Law Firm with principal offices in Memphis, Tennessee. If you or a loved one had a hernia mesh implanted after 2010 and experienced complications that required a repair or replacement of hernia mesh, you may be entitled to substantial compensation. Hernia mesh implants can cause serious complications that require additional surgery to remove or replace the hernia mesh implant. If you had hernia mesh surgery any time after 2010 and experienced complications that required a repair or replacement, call 800-631-7610. 800-631-7610. Across America, it's snoring season. 90 million Americans make this sound every night. 
If you have a blocked or narrow nose, you're more likely to open your mouth to breathe, causing snoring. Introducing an ingenious Australian invention called Mute. Mute is a comfortable nasal device that helps you breathe more easily through your nose and snore less. Put snoring season to bed, America. For more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade with over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at Eden. ChristianAcademy.org. 2020 is the year your business is going to thrive. Or will it? Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage. With the help from the pros at Salem Surround, we give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at SurroundPittsburgh.com surroundpittsburgh.com connecting you with new customers God told Isaiah to walk the earth naked for three years and here's how much faith Isaiah had he did it this Valentine's Day Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson which I think explains the credibility issue Isaiah had with the Old Testament Jews at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley little kids would come in the house and be like mama mama the Messiah is coming the Messiah is coming who told you that Isaiah told me that naked Isaiah General admission, just $30 at wordfm.com slash date night. Go to your room. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com. The Word FM mobile app by heart. Tune in and at radio.com. Tonight, turning cloudy and remaining mild with a shower or too late, low 50. Cloudy and mild tomorrow with a few showers, high 54. Cloudy and colder tomorrow night with a bit of rain, low 31. Wednesday, cloudy and much colder, high 36. Thursday, rain and drizzle, high 51. Friday, remaining cloudy and colder, high 34. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Watching last night's game, of course, uh, the more entertaining thing, I think, obviously, is the uh, the commercials. Uh, there's always a wide variety of... You know, I find that frustrating because normally you know how I start a game late so I can fast forward. Oh, right. But over you're the commercials, forced to watch But then it. I couldn't because I didn't want to miss anything. So the Super Bowl is the one game all year long you watch in mm-hmm. real time. Yep. What a sacrifice. I feel so constrained, God you bless you. No, that's heck? good. All right. So um, the gamut of commercials this year, the the whole sort of ball of wax Mm -hmm. if i was grading the whole ball of wax i would give it a solid c there were not a lot of highs okay there were more lows i believe than highs and then a a whole lot of meh yeah i thought there was a lot of meh yeah i did i would give it a solid b minus okay i think c might be a little harsh but i'm with you in the meh category Mm -hmm. lots of meh yeah there was filler i didn't get you know uh, Mike was just talking about the Tide commercial, the recurring thing. Yeah. Oh, I, I that just I, I didn't know that guy, and so it wasn't funny to me. I hated and that commercial. And it was annoying that it kept coming. Oh, up. oh so it was annoying. hysterical. No, I didn't think so. And it was a great idea no, with Tide. No. Okay, so you kept like his, you you like his show? 
Um, I don't particularly like his show. His show's always sunny in Philadelphia, Charlie Day, and um, you know a, a lot of a lot of people in my age group watch that show okay. and love it. Um, I just thought him annoying. And so that was a home I think he's hysterical. Okay, so that was a home run for you for like if you're you know 35 between what yeah. 25 and 35. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay, now similarly. If you think that the whole Boston accent thing is funny, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe you thought the John Krasinski, Chris Evans, Rachel. Dratch I mean, that was thing. kind of fun. The smat cat. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of fun. To me, it went on too long. It was too long. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought like at first it's funny. First yeah. of all, seeing Captain America and Jim, right. Big Poppy, who doesn't, and then Big Poppy shoots his right. head out the window. I thought that was kind of funny. But yeah. then by the end, I was like, really? It felt like a Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah, yeah. it just went on exactly. too long. Exactly, just went on too long. Favorite, favorite one, totally. Hey, What's your favorite one? Groundhog Day, hands down. Hands down. Really, you too. Hands down. Oh my gosh, that was an epic commercial. So. First of all, he's so funny. Yes, he is. Second of all, super cute groundhog. And he recreated the whole ch- charm of the movie. And the whack-a-mole part was genius. I loved it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Did that make you laugh? Mike's laugh. That was excellent. Right. No, seriously, it's nothing. It's nothing personal. Runner-up. Just up? a game. What's your runner-up? Um, well, this is. I like the Porsche ad. I like the Porsche ad. I thought that was really fun that someone's stealing a Porsche yep. and then the rest of them have to chase him down. Right. And then they just switch to another person who that gets was very, to be the that bad was very guy. very well done. And of course, by the end, everybody was, I want a Porsche. That car right. is I'll take gorgeous. And I didn't know they had an electric car. Yeah. So my, it really worked on every level. Brand new. Uh, my runner up would be the uh, Google ad yeah. with the man who you know is playing, saying, please help me remember, essentially. Oh, that yeah. was beautiful, that wasn't it? That made me cry. Yeah. yeah it's a beautiful yeah. ad. As did the one about the uh, the canine, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yes, the WeatherTech uh, dog scout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a, that was heart wrenching. How about oh, the, go ahead. Tom Brady? Oh, yeah, it's good to see Tom Brady. No, it wasn't. Did yeah. that suck you in? I no, it, it was not. I yeah. thought good to see Tom Brady. It was I good to see Tom Brady. It, first of all, no. it wasn't good to see Tom. What are you saying? Yeah, no, no, come on. Are you a Steelers fan? He is confused. It was what good to see Tom Brady back. However. I was sucked in thinking that this was the moment. Right, me too. I thought, is he really going to do this in a commercial? I retire? thought he might. Yeah, I thought I that's why. Know. That's why I said it was good to see. I'm waiting for him to kind of go, and I'm going to officially retire from the NFL. That, I thought that would be the stage that he would do it on. It was in good a to commercial. See him no, yeah. I don't think he would do it that way. Anyway, worst commercials. Worst commercials. Well. I mean, I hate to see political ads pop up at any time. So seeing the Bloomberg ad and the Trump ad, however, I yeah. will say trying to be as detached and reasonable as I can, I thought they were both pretty good ads. They weren't bad. I thought the Bloomberg ad yeah. and the Trump ad were both pretty good. I agree. As far as ads go. How about the killing of Mr. Planters? That was the worst. I don't think I saw that. Oh, my gosh. That was really, that was. Um, what about the Walmart thing when the, like the aliens are expecting their delivery? Horrible, See, I didn't horrible. think that that would, like, what, that was annoying to me. How about Brian Cranston in the Mountain Dew Shining ripoff? That was creepy. Yeah. Very, very creepy. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I hated it. Me too. Okay. And I love Brian Cranston. Okay. That's kind of, I'm telling what you, What about wasn't the Snickers thing with the big hole in the ground? That was kind of funny. I didn't really understand it. I liked it. And by the time I was figuring it out, it was over. And I, I thought, it. well, that's kind of dumb. No, that wasn't so bad. Okay. It's a rough crowd here. Yeah, it is a rough crowd. Just Mike, saying. anything else that you liked? Um, I like I. I have to go back to uh, Char, Charlie Day. Yeah, I know you in the Tide. What pod. one commercial? Uh, no, he was in multiple. No, there were like five. Yeah, and he was also he also brought the uh, the Bud Knight guy in there. Oh, oh my gosh! Wait a minute! Wait yeah. a minute! Worst commercial! I forgot. Those are you are ready? How about the commercial saying that only one percent of our farmland in America is mm. organic? Right. Okay, but we can solve it. We can <laughs> yeah. change it. Just by drinking 
beer. I thought it was going to be a political ad yeah. at first. It, was, it totally thought, felt that way. The thought that we're actually going to convert farmland in America to be organic farmland and we're going to do it by drinking beer is right. the most ridiculous idea well, ever. There's been worse suggestions. W-O-R-D. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 W-O-R-D. Ready for a bus ride from hell to heaven? Then don't miss the theatrical event of the season, C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce. Audiences call it breathtaking, absolutely mesmerizing. From the producers of the nationwide hit The Screwtape Letters, The Great Divorce brings the beloved author of Narnia to the stage in one of his most entertaining tales ever. Climb on board for a day trip to paradise. Critics call The Great Divorce world-class theater. Brilliant, magical, a joy to watch. Lewis's lively wit shines through. Don't miss The Great Divorce. Visit cslewisonstage.com. That's cslewisonstage.com. Stage.com. The bus is leaving. Climb on board. Coming to the Bayam Theater in Pittsburgh, Saturday, February 15th. Get your tickets today with great deals for groups at thegreatdivorceonstage.com. That's thegreatdivorceonstage.com. I find that patients just want to be heard. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences, because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan for them and how we move forward with their treatment at our office. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Harry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. This is Stacy on her motorcycle. What an incredible view! And this is Stacy off her motorcycle. Does this have sucralose in it? On her motorcycle. Oh, the wind in my hair! Off her motorcycle. Uh, it's pronounced etc., not etc. On. Woohoo! Yes! Off. No. You're better on your bike. And with basic policies starting at $75 a year, quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. It was my first time meeting Jesus in the Bible. That's what one student is saying after studying Bibliology through the Tony Evans Training Center. Taught by renowned theologian, Dr. Tony Evans, these online courses feature compelling and exclusive video and audio teaching, plus an interactive scripture-based curriculum you can access online or through the mobile app. Sign up now at TonyEvansTraining.org. Take a course with Dr. Evans and explore the kingdom anytime, anywhere. It was a couple years ago. I was talking with a uh, one of my daughter's professors at Grove City College, yeah. and we were talking about uh, Southern American literature. <coughs> and he brought up Flannery O'Connor, and I thought, you know, you know, how you have lists of people. You know, I really should read them. Right, I need and, to you, go there. and then you're kind of embarrassed. You think, how have I not read them before? Philip Roth. Right. How what, what? Is it? Why? How have I never? Anyway. 
Flannery O'Connor came up in conversation. I thought, gee, how have I never read it? I have like all of these books at home. They're just waiting for me. So I thought I'll dive in. And did you? Man, was I surprised. Well, the man who encouraged me in this quest is our next guest on the show. Dr. Colin Messer, chair and professor of English at Grove City College, is with us because there's an event coming up at the college about said Flannery O'Connor. Colin, welcome back. Hey, thanks a lot. How are y'all? Real good. How are you We're doing? Well, it was your invitation, Colin, that got me to uh, read Flannery O'Connor. And, uh, you know, I spent about a month reading everything I could. For those people who haven't read her, first off, I can tell you it's going to be a big surprise. Uh, second of all, <laughs> t- talk to people about why she's so important. Uh, well, I'd, first off, that Philip Roth comment, I'm just going to choose to ignore that. I don't I don't know what that's all about. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, throw that yeah, in so... I, uh, I taught O'Connor this afternoon in my Southern Lit class, and I told my students that I was going to be talking to you guys. And, and so I put that question to them. And I, I think for Christian readers especially, I think a, a great sort of reason to start with her is that she is unapologetically Christian. I mean, she's, she's one of us, and she makes astounding statements for a serious – post-war 20th century writer. It's amazing to me the things that she was willing to say to kind of stake out her ground. I was Today we were looking at this essay of hers called Novelist and Believer, and this is just one of the things she says. She says that, that I'm a writer who believes in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and not of the philosophers and scholars. This is an unlimited God, and one who has revealed himself specifically. It is the one who became man and rose from the dead. It is the one who confounds the senses and the sensibilities. There's no way to gloss over this specification or to make it more acceptable in modern thought. This God is the object of ultimate concern, and he has a name. Mm. Right? Isn't that amazing? Wow, that is amazing. But this is like a – I should warn those of us who might think of ourselves as sort of lazy Christian readers who – or just looking for uh, for uplift, because she often would scold readers who maybe came to what they thought would be Christian fiction with uh, with sort of an easy uh, an easy fix or just a feel good feeling. And if anybody, you know, as you know, I mean, what stories have, have struck you, Kathy? That, that oh were sort gosh. of a surprise. A good man is hard to find. A good man is hard to find is like the most the shocking, one, it, brutal story you'll read. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and she said, but a lot of people get killed in that store, but nobody gets hurt, right? So that's, that's kind of what you're going to be up against yeah. <laughs> you know, when you read her. But, but this, is, this is one other quote, and I'm sorry, I don't want to read too many things, but this is just so good, and I think I feel convicted sometimes by these sorts of things, because she says that the, the best religious fiction is sometimes most shocking to readers who claim to have an intense interest in finding spiritual purpose, right? Mm. And, uh, and, and she says this Often at times, like, we just want to see compassion, but we forget that compassion actually means, like, suffering with and uh, kind of being sort of introduced into the reality of suffering. Uh, and one of my students said today, and I think uh, uh, she was talking about one of our professors here, Carl Truman, and she said, well, just today, Dr. Truman was talking about the perils of moral therapeutic deism, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this sort of vision of God as just being a big Santa Claus in the sky who wants us to be happy. And uh, and and certainly O'Connor is having none of that. Right. I mean, what's what's fascinating to me about Flannery O'Connor is that uh, she presents evil 
And all evil is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, she so shows or you also the complexity of and it. And you can't tell at the beginning what the evil is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that's where she asked a lot of the reader because, uh, you know, she's known for, she talked a lot about this idea of the grotesque, right? Mm-hmm. These, right. these sort of spiritually distorted people. Uh, and sometimes they're super religious people, and sometimes they're freakish people, like this guy who goes around. Uh, he's a Bible salesman, or that's his cover in Good Country People, and he's he's uh, he, he steals this woman's wooden leg from her, right? And you're like, what is going on? Uh, this guy is, is really messed up. But the fact is, in that story, she's really more interested in the the so-called victim and sort of her distortions that as much as she is with this this perverted bible salesman you which know? is such uh, a, which is such a surprising yeah. twist in that story and it causes you this is right. what i think every time i read one of her stories is that i go into it and i think i know what's going on and i think i know what the right quote-unquote perspective <laughs> right. is and then she twists it up and i think oh wait no i don't know i, I need i need yeah, something i need up. something deeper and she's holding a mirror up to us, I think. And she said about the grotesque, she said it's only, she said when the grotesque, and this is what's offensive about her. She says that her gross ter- grotesque characters are meant to be uh, a figure or a picture of our essential displacement, right? So she wants to, like, uh, we don't sort of stand objectively removed from her fiction. like, and, and she's constantly sort of implicating us and even more so implicating herself. Like I told my students today, like one of the things you have to understand when you read O'Connor is what I call the autobiographical problem, which is that some of her most unattractive characters are characters who are deeply tied to a predicament similar to O'Connor's, right? Because a lot of people know, you know, she was diagnosed with lupus in her 20s and she had to move home and live with her mother for most of her 30s. And she died when she was 39. And uh, and I asked my students today, I said, how many of you are aspiring to be an invalid in your 30s and live at home with your widowed mother? Uh, and, and what would be the temptations about how you might react to that situation? And a lot of her, a lot of her characters are orphaned children mm-hmm. and widowed or divorced mothers trying to figure out how to live life as two adults, right? right, right. And, uh, and so, so it's uh, – you know, her fiction requires a lot of us. I think it's so satisfying because it kind of starts to, at least if we're open to it, it can reveal a lot uh, to us about ourselves. Colin Messier is with us. Colin is the chair and professor of English at Grove City College. Tomorrow, it is Grove City's annual Christian Writers Conference. Jessica Hooten Wilson is the keynote speaker. Jessica has been on our show several times in the last month or so. Seven o'clock tomorrow night, Jessica Hooten Wilson will discuss why Flannery's God yells more than whispers. It's open, free, and open to the public at Strict Lecture Hall. Seven o'clock tomorrow night. There'll also be a chapel tomorrow morning at nine thirty at Harbison Chapel. So um, it all begs the question, Colin uh, Flannery O'Connor. Why her? Why now? Yeah, well, first off, Jessica, the work she's doing right now, as you guys know, she's such an impressive uh, young scholar. She and sure she's is. been a good friend, a good friend over the years to to many of us. She and I share a, a great love for the other Catholic writer that, that means a lot to us, Walker Percy. And uh, and so it was just with her new book out, the Given the Devil is Due, this great book on Dostoevsky and O'Connor. And then the other thing that happened, which just speaks so well of our students, is that I have, I mean, get this, I have a student here, an English major, sophomore, 
who's from Colorado. And when I met her last fall, she we got to talk about O'Connor, and she had actually written a play about O'Connor, and she had set that play. Actually, the play starts in Pittsburgh in the early 1960s what? with a young writer, a young woman who has family down in South Georgia, uh, and she goes down to see her relatives, and these relatives actually happen to be neighbors in the fictional world of this play with Flannery O'Connor. And this writer, this young writer, meets O'Connor and befriends her in the last months of her life. And it, I was astounded when I read uh, Ashley's play. I could, I could not believe it was beautiful, and it really moved me mm. to tears. And I said, you know, we should do something with this. So, so we decided to do a whole month of O'Connor. So we got Jessica tomorrow, That's and cool. then uh, on, the ni- on the 13th of February, next, next Thursday night, uh, I've got Thursday week, I guess it is. She's, we're going to have a reading, sort of a reader's theater reading of Ashley's play. Nice. Uh, and that's going to be in the Little Theater uh, here at Grove City College in the Pew Fine Arts Center. And it's going to be at 7 o'clock, and it'll be about an hour, and we're going to have a talk back afterwards. But it really humanizes O'Connor, and it kind of imagines this encounter for a young writer. And I think writers like O'Connor and even Faulkner and others, I think they were always thinking about shaping the next set of writers. Uh, and, of course, O'Connor was always sort of crass about that. She said that, you know, people say the creative writing programs uh, crush and discourage young writers. And she said, in my opinion, they haven't cre- they haven't crushed and discouraged enough of them. Good for her. Uh, so, she's, uh, so I hope she would like our play. But that's, that's going to be a great thing, too. So, so I don't know. These things just seem to come together. And, you know, our writers' conference over the years has – uh, we kind of rotate between trying to bring in a major working artist or writer. So a couple of years ago, we had Mako Fujimura here, which was amazing. And he talked about a new book that he had written as well as about his painting. And then sometimes we focus on a scholar like or a group of scholars like the, the Inklings or, or uh, our very first conference, which was 20 years ago, was a, a conference on Dorothy Sayers. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so we love to rotate around. And then, and then, you know, a couple of years ago, actually my first one at Grove City, I guess several years ago, was Roger Lundeen from Wheaton coming to talk about his book on Emily Dickinson. So sometimes we do a, a major scholar working on a major writer and, you know, invite them to come share with us. And, uh, and I think Stick Tall tomorrow night is going to be packed. So we hope folks come to get here early. Nice. Wow, that sounds terrific. Jessica Hooten Wilson at Stick Tall, 7 o'clock tomorrow night on campus at Grove City College. This free event. Don't miss it. Uh, Jessica's That's been good. with us. We love her. We love her. And if you love Flannery yeah. O'Connor, this can be a great night for you. If you have never been exposed to Flannery O'Connor's work, trust me, you should be. So take advantage of this. <laughs> right. Colin, I can't thank you enough. Right. Sure. Thank you so much. Uh, have a good night. You too. That's Colin Messer, Chair and Professor of English at Grove City College. Seriously, if you love Christian fiction... This is a great opportunity to go to Grove City and check something out for free. The annual Christian Writers Conference tomorrow at 7. As mothers and caregivers, we tend to put others before ourselves. Former Texas Governor Ann Richards once said, If you think taking care of yourself is selfish, change your mind. In planning for your retirement, it's important to pay yourself first. Women have unique needs as investors. They generally live longer than men and have less saved. Kurt Kanodik and the team at Accurate Solutions Group have developed a complimentary guide to help women achieve financial independence called 10 Tips to Help Empower Women Investors. This guide 
guide addresses the reasons every woman should have a financial plan of her own. For your copy of this guide from Accurate Solutions Group, call or text TIPS to 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Don't put others' retirement plans before your own. Take the first step toward your financial independence today. Call or text TIPS to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. We have a major problem here in Pennsylvania, very much like other addictions plaguing our communities. The threat is unregulated gambling on illegal slot machines, camouflaged as skill games. They're popping up everywhere at gas pumps, pizza parlors, and your local convenience store. State police describe these places as breeding grounds for loan sharking and money laundering. If you object to your community becoming a mini Las Vegas, make your voice heard. Call one 888 472-4418. Report those places that are enticing our kids into gambling disguised as entertainment. It's an activity that siphons money away from the Pennsylvania Lottery, whose proceeds go to supporting seniors in our state. Please phone now. This is serious. That number again is one 472 4418 Paid for by Pennsylvanians Against Illegal Gambling, Executive Board Member Peter Shelley. Every cup of Circle K coffee is ground in the moment. So, whether you're craving coffee now or now, you'll get the freshest cup in the world at Circle K. Every cup ground fresh, starting at a dollar at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. I've lost 25 pounds since Christmas. This Valentine's Day, Word FM presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. Gained 18, so it's like net 7. A night to laugh as a couple, February 14th. Your body changes the minute you turn 40 years old, am I right? At Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. I separated my shoulder on my 40th birthday, walked around the entire day in a shoulder sling. Everybody's like, Marty, how'd you separate your shoulder? And I was like, tucking in my shirt. General admission, just $30. VIP dinner Tickets also available at wordfm.com slash date night. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. All right. Uh, Kath is taking a trip. Yep. She is uh, headed out here this time tomorrow. She'll be leaving on a jet plane, mm-hmm. and uh, not she's not going to Cleveland. No. She's not even going to California or no. Hawaii. No. You are far, far, far afield. Mm-hmm. Indonesia is my destination. Indonesia. Mm-hmm. It will sadly take me about 25 hours to get there. Mm. Just a very long way on a plane. Yeah. It's not one plane. It's three planes that I'll be on. That's a long Four trip. planes, actually, that I'll be on. Okay. I mean, it's counting. Yeah, I mean, but... I mean, once it doesn't you get really past matter. two planes, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. There's one really long trip. Yeah. There's a 17 hour in there, and the other ones are shorter. There's mm-hmm. a 17, well, there's a, no, there's a 14 and an eight and a half. The other ones are shorter. Okay. Now, look, uh, uh, you know, over the many years, we've raised funds for so many wonderful organizations. And, and one of the organizations we really love is the Bible League. Because uh, since the 1940s, I'm sorry, since the 1930s, the Bible League has spread God's word, millions of Bibles around the world. And they they, they do this with this really cool thing where they evangelize something called Project Philip. They'll bring in people who have some small interest in Jesus, and then they go through Bible study. People, I mean, I've been in Ukraine and China and Russia and the Bible League. Africa. You know, they. South America. 
Yep. I'm thinking of all the places you've been with Bible. A lot of places. And so you get to see firsthand how the ministry works. And so what they've done is they've carved out a little bit of space with a little bit of money. And they said to Kath, come and join us. Take a Bible League trip. You and I think four Four other other people. people. That's pretty cool. So you're going to go see God's Word in action with the Bible League in Indonesia. On the ground. Worshiping in a couple huts. One on the Java Sea, one on the Indian Ocean. I can't wait. So you'll leave tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We'll see you next Friday. Right. I'll be there at uh, Couples Night Out. Okay, I'm Marty Simpson. Yeah. All right, fine. Well, safe travels, friend. Thanks, you guys. Praying for you. Yeah, thanks. As you go out there in the world and uh, let God's word go out unfettered and powerful. Mm-hmm. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.